Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, James. How you doing? I'm doing really good. How are you? Doing well. Doing all right. Allergies have me. In Michigan, it's uh, kind of the price you pay for like the beautiful gardens and everything. <laughs> yeah. Somebody tells me their garden is in full bloom. I'm going, okay. Do I have the proper antihistamine? <laughs> do I got to change my route to work <laughs> with everything that's right. going on? Right. So anyway, bear with me, everyone. I've got a little bit of a raspy voice today, but I promise you, I feel fine. Yeah. Well, hey, looking back at May. Yeah. 2023, kind of just marching along. Marching along. It's amazing. It's truly amazing that, uh, you know, we're we're all the way through, you know, month of May. It seems like the the year just begun. I know, right? So So if we look at how the markets were in May – you know, kind yeah. of looking at the S and P. You know, maybe like the aggregate bond. How do we? How do yeah. we? How did those end up? So I will say that I think we're in this zone where we've always hit the S and P five hundred. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you're seeing though are the different styles of investments, the different stock indices that we can study, kind of create some um, uh, some depth and some width between them. So we always like to jump in on the S and P five hundred, and for the month of May, it was good plus uh, 0.43% for the month, which is great. But we have to highlight at this point the difference of indices and mm-hmm. the difference of style when it comes to stocks. You know, it's this idea of <clears throat> apples versus oranges, but, well, there's a lot of different types of apples. Right. So to tell me that you own stocks, I kind of need to know more. What types of stocks do you own? Um, S&P 500 is a nice representation because it does – kind of pull in most of those exposures. But think about this. For the month of May, the NASDAQ, so this is going to be a growth-heavy kind of uh, contingent. Yeah, and you do find that's where you find your technology, Mm -hmm. things like that, you know, up 5.9%. Well, remember, the S&P was up 0.43%. You look at the Dow, you know, you're talking now a negative number. And so, you know, again, and bonds, um, honestly, too, they, they had a real, little bit of a challenge in the month of uh, May, down 1.06%. And again, the, um, the Dow would have been down more like 3.2%. So you just got to think about, don't, don't try and just hang your hat on that monthly performance, recognize you've got an investment strategy. And sometimes those investment strategies take time to play out. So May, it's, it's kind of funny. Think about that. The Dow was down three. Those yeah. are kind of like value tilted mm-hmm. stocks. Growth was up five plus. So then you kind of look at the middle point. It's like the S and P up point four three. So <laughs> right. again, that's why we highlight it for you. Yeah. So all in all, constructive month. Yeah, and that's actually why we construct the portfolios the way that we do. Yeah. Right. When you're looking at that diversification, and you kind of brought out that difference between the growth and the value stocks and how it had performed. Yep. But. Kind of even moving beyond just the earnings, or excuse me, the resu- the results, the returns, you well, know, looking at the earnings. Do you want to take a minute to, to build that out a little bit? I mean, growth yeah. versus value. Right. So one of the things you've got to recognize is that stocks play off interest rates as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as it's anticipated right now, if you look at what the market's pricing in, it's pricing in that the Fed's going to cut rates, I think, three times if you look at like Fed funds futures. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you're going to find are growth stocks work a lot better when rates are lower. So it's in anticipation of a lower rate environment that you would see those growth stocks blossom. And that's why the return was what it was. There you go. And then value, you know, it's kind of like, well, wait a second. If they're going to cut rates, you know, value stocks are going to do better in that rising interest rate environment. But like go to, go back uh, to last year. 
you know, the big issue was the how quickly rates were being taken up. Well, the Dow wasn't down a whole lot, but the Nasdaq was down a tremendous amount. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see kind of that interconnectedness of what rates can do across the capital market complex. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to understand that and be able to explain it. Um, you know, simplicity is the best sophistication. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So looking at looking ahead, looking at where earnings were back right. in April, we talked about, you know, looking ahead to May, how it was going to look, how it was starting to look. Yep. How did it end up? Yeah. Okay. So now you're going to require me to pull from the computer upstairs and say- <laughs> I've seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> so the number was something like 78% of S&P 500, and this is earnings for the first quarter of 2023. Yeah. They report them, you know, they close out the quarter in March, mm-hmm. and then we start to hear through April and May. 78% of the S&P 500 companies beat on uh, earnings per share. Wow. So what the analyst community thought, <clears throat> and then the companies beat. 76% beat on revenue. So earnings per share, remember, you bring in revenue, you got to pay your people, run your business, and then you've got your earnings per share. Revenue is that top line number. Mm-hmm. What did I make? Doesn't matter what you, you know, how much you pay people and things like that. What did I make? So that, quite frankly, that's the best um, beat that we've seen or the most uh, promising, you know, relative to analyst expectations since the um, the first quarter of 2021. Right. So, you know, that right there is promise. I guess one of the things that you would think about is like the expectations and the bar being set so low mm-hmm. that all of a sudden, well, it's not as bad as I it, thought. Not as bad as it is, not as bad right. as we thought. Right, right, right. It's so you know, to that end, where there's smoke, there's typically fire. And what I see here is the smoke of maybe it isn't as bad. <laughs> and and usually that's how these things, that's how opportunities start to be created. Now, we're not saying we're out of the woods yet. Right. But when you look at those corporate financials, they mean a lot. Mm-hmm. It drives fundamental valuations. Um, that That is fundamental analysis. Yeah. And if you go back to when we kind of talked about the, the great financial sense kind of evaluation that we thought was going to happen in 2023, yeah. it, at the time when we talked about that, it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Yeah. And now well, we're kind of starting to see it maybe like percolate a little bit. Yeah. Well, and again, you, I, I've never met a rich pessimist. You kind of <laughs> got to be optimistic in this game. But, um, but again, it's one of those things where you want to protect yourself from worst case scenario, but you also have to be open to, you know, being positive, being constructive. You, you know, it's like uh, the Bruce Lee saying, you've got to be like water. Yep. You have to be able to move and adapt. Mm-hmm. And, and so, again, it's just it's one of those mile markers along the way where we can, uh, you know, make some assumptions on. Well, maybe the opposite of water is artificial intelligence. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's actually more like it might change it. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I a nice segue. Um, <laughs> right. Nice segue. So earnings, it's it's amazing. I think that if you counted the number of times a CEO referenced AI on their earnings call, you could have gotten 1% move in the stock after hours. And I'm kidding there, but yeah. it was definitely a big theme yeah. for first quarter earnings this Continuously. Whole, yeah, this whole thing about, and AI is just artificial intelligence. Um, you know, there's something there, everyone. There is yeah. something there. Now, typically how these things work is you, you create a bubble mm-hmm. on the front end of it. But recognize that bubbles don't 
start and stop in a matter of a month. I mean, they can go on for years. Then you tend to have this consolidation in the industry, and then it becomes something that's more viable. We're right on the front end. And truly, artificial intelligence is something that could be a big theme for the next bull market as we flesh out, you know, where are the winners and the losers and stuff. So it's really uh, kind of cool to, to watch. Again, it's not something we're going to be like loading up portfolios in, right. but it's definitely an opportunity. And think of artificial intelligence, you know, you're going to immediately go to a movie you saw and, you know, robots running the, the world or, okay, fine, <laughs> maybe. But the, really what it is, is processing large amounts of data. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. So imagine if a doctor could have some tool that would help them dig into all of the medical cases and research out there and then give you the best guidance out there. You know, that that would be huge. Or maybe it's a marketing group who is able to, to scour the, um, you know, vast amount of data that we've got for what are people searching for. That's really what uh, I think has a lot of merit in this. Helps us be more efficient, right? right? With the data that's out there, because we, you know, we see it out there, but you still need someone to interpret what that means for that individual, whether it's in our industry or, like you said, you know, within the healthcare industry. Well, right, and and, you know, those are just two kind of examples. But in in the same breath, you're you're thinking about well, you need a lot of computing power to do that. Mm -hmm. So then that kind of goes into that space. You know, it can help. um, You know make efficiencies in your business, things like that. So we'll keep an eye on it for you, no doubt about it. Right. And I think we've tried to hold off as long as we can talking about the Fed. Usually, usually it's oh my gosh. Usually it's, it's like the first – it's never the first one, but it's usually within the second yeah. or third. But yeah, we have to. We have to touch on it. You know, inflation, you know, is still a topic. I don't know yeah. if it's still there. And, you know, so if we look at what the Fed did in May, maybe what we think they might do, never yeah. trying to predict what they're saying. But right. – you know, I think they also talked about AI there too. <laughs> no, so they're right, right, right. They're relevant, and rates shot up. No, <laughs> right. but truly, when you look, the Fed, they are a big driver of this market. So remember, last month we touched on money market rates, mm-hmm. or maybe it was the month before. But one way or the other, interest rates on the short end of the yield curve are very high, and a lot of that has to do with the Fed raising rates in the capacity that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's creating this environment where there is an alternative. You know, you really don't have to go pursue and chase anything in this environment when money markets are paying you what they are. A lot of that is built out from the Fed. So not only does Fed policy bleed into, you know, what are stocks doing or what aren't they doing, but it also our savings, things like that. That's why it's so relevant. That's why they're so relevant. So the Fed, we did see another quarter percent um, interest rate increase. Mm -hmm. The Fed funds rate, so it's the shortest um, dot on the yield curve, if you will. Uh, That makes, again, just an astonishing interest rate increase, 500 plus basis points in a very short period of time. And what they're doing is trying to pull, put drag on the economy. Don't let that economy run away where the price of eggs, all of a sudden, it's 20 bucks a carton. Mm-hmm. Maybe it already was. I don't know. My <laughs> wife does the shopping. But one way or the other, it's it's to try and rein in the uh, economic growth so that those prices don't run away. That's what they're doing when they say price stability. So, okay, probably the most anticipated interest rate increase, and they did just that. Yeah. So that's why it wasn't a surprise to the market. And the market actually, you know, usually would go, oh, my gosh, you raised rates again. That's concerning. We didn't see that at Mm -hmm. all. We actually saw the market really hook up and run a bit. 
on the heels of um, the the presser, the Fed presser that goes along with the mm-hmm. interest rate increase. And it's because the interest rate increase was so widely anticipated. They did just that. And then you get into the press conference, which you have to hang on J- Jerome Powell's every word at this right. point, right? Yeah. So one of the things that he did say is that we're we're probably closer to the end of the tightening cycle than the beginning, you know, almost verbatim. And the market really liked that. The Fed is kind of switching to what they're calling data dependence. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to just have any preconceived notion that we have to raise rates more. We're going to now see how the data comes in. Very different from 18 months ago. Trying to stay in front of it, you know change things before they knew what exactly was going on. Correct. Correct. So again, it just speaks to how important the Fed is in this environment. And uh, guess what? We'll hear more next month. So as we kind of shift gears and maybe look at some of not necessarily specific headlines, but talking about portfolios, interest rates, things that are going on in the world and the economy, you know, you and I always kind of talk or use the analogy about jerking the wheel. Yeah. Right. You know, you we don't always see something coming, so you turn or you hear something, oh, I'm going to go this way. Well, when you're looking at portfolios, why can't you drive like that? Yeah. Well, you and I both know that's dangerous. <laughs> right. Whether you're truly driving or you're just using it uh, to kind of think about your portfolio, this idea of jerking the wheel and, and reacting to a headline, right. reacting to some data point, reacting to what the neighbor said. Right. What's on a billboard. Right. Because, well, there you go. Right. Right. What's on a billboard? What's being marketed to you as a, um, you know, a sure, sure win. Yeah. It's a sure win. You know, recognize that market cycles, they take time to play out. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the probabilities and statistics, you know, the odds are in your favor with a really well-defined portfolio strategy, meat and potatoes, investment approach, you know, your goal is to keep costs low. And so to think that there's this silver bullet out there, we would have brought it to you. Trust me. Right. You know, probably somebody's trying to make some good money. And usually um, when you're looking at these products, if if we're talking about like an annuity or something, they're going to try to sell to the emotion of fear. Yeah. Right. They, They don't have many opportunities to do that. So you have this blitz when things are very concerning in the market and that's their time to make hay. Because, you know, maybe it's 20% of the time someone's willing to listen. Mm-hmm. 80% of the time our clients are very, you know, well-suited uh, with, with what we've got. Yeah. When when something happens, you know, we know because we're trying to build a portfolio, design it to absorb what's going on, right? Yeah. But if you're jerking the wheel, you're looking for that exit. Oh, the annuity is the answer, right. you know, or whatever that other product might be. Right. Right. So. Exactly. But again, the... the our clients are tremendous and, uh, you know, you don't have too many of those conversations. But for those of you who maybe don't have a connection with us or an advisor, you know, just be careful in this environment because the news cycle, they're trying to get you to click or tune in. So they're trying to sell ad space. And then, you know, so they're going to make these headlines emotionally jarring. Just trying not to fall victim. Yeah. Stick with, uh, you know, sometimes we say we're, you know, we talk about behavior and psychology. Yeah. And, you know, in the end, you know, our job is to inform and even teach why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And sometimes when the markets are a little more volatile, that's when people probably have the most time to listen yeah. or willing to make it. And it's hard when you're in that moment and it's, you know, it's an emotionally charged environment and, and fear is, is palpable. Mm-hmm. It's hard to make that decision, but just give us a call because yeah. we can help walk you. 
So as we start to look ahead, yeah, all right, you know, what do we see out there? Not just for June, but maybe through the summer. You know, sometimes volumes a little bit less. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we'll still have topics about the Fed and inflation. But you know, as we look ahead to June, what do we see out there? It's the Fed. <laughs> no, but really, we'll have another Fed meeting. We'll see. Um, perhaps they do pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps they surprise and, and do an interest rate increase. That will definitely dictate some of the narrative. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it seems like worst case is being lifted off of uh, the table, at, at least in the corporate world. You know, a lot of the guidance that we've been seeing from corporate America has been, um, again, they're not blowing things out of the water. But again, it's also not that worst case scenario. So you did touch on the fact that uh, recognize the stock market is like a big auction. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see prices move every day. It's a big auction. Well, how many people show up to the auction? To your point, volume lower, that just means less people show up to the auction. So maybe price discovery is less efficient. So you might find a little bit more volatility. But again, I think that uh, we'll look to June to for, and again, the Fed, give us a little bit more uh, guidance and things like that. But uh, let's keep pushing. We'll we'll be on it. We'll bring it to you and we'll go from there. You got it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us.